Hey, Kevin. How are you this week? I'm uh, yeah, good. How are you? Good. Yeah, has it been a good week? Yeah, it feels pretty productive. Definitely got a lot done. Yeah, no, it's been a good one. Good. So, what's this episode about? If you talk to 10 successful entrepreneurs, over half of them will not have amazing academic qualifications. And I include myself in that definite population. <laughs> so, in fact, you know, a number may have flunked school. And we, I think, you know, between us, Kevin, we know people that didn't do very well school at all, and yet are amazing entrepreneurs. If it's not qualifications that sets them apart, what does? And that's what this episode's about. So, Kevin, do you want to just kind of kick off with your thoughts? Yeah, I, and I think there's two sides to this. It's like, good qualifications are not a bad thing. If I had the choice, Absolutely. <laughs> I would rather be an A-star student that was really smart, as opposed to the typical C-grade student that I am. <laughs> Definitely. But I can't really change my GCSE results at this point in time. To be honest, I think the answer to me is, is being a lifelong learner. I, I feel like I've learned more, certainly since school and university, just by kind of getting dug into things, reading, learning, just experiences in general, as opposed to the academic setup, where I, I just don't think that particularly suited me that well. It felt like I'm trying to memorise an answer for the next day that I'm never going to remember again. And it just, some people thrive in that environment. I was okay. I don't think I was bad. I definitely wasn't good. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I, I think it's just, people are different but I, I do think there's just once you leave school and university that's when the the real learning really starts in terms of at least applying that learning and I think that's to me applying the learning is where the learning really happens. I mean interesting so I completely agree with that definitely. If I look at most of the entrepreneurs that I know you know through our massive network of entrepreneurs that we've both got one of the things that is does seem quite common is that there aren't that many that are pure absolute introverts who don't talk to anyone. Most of them that I know, they might be introverted in their nature, as in they prefer you know, their own company or company of very, very close friends than big groups. But what they do have is they all like to meet other entrepreneurs and learn from them. And yeah. that lifelong learning, I think, is one of the keys, is that building a network of people that you can learn from and learn with is really important as an entrepreneur. Yeah, there's an interesting balance behind that because... I would class my own working style as very much introverted and head down, get stuff done. But in a networking situation, I'd want to learn. And if I'm with like-minded people, share ideas both ways. And there's a balance of you can thrive and be a, almost a different person in different situations. But I think the, for me, actually, the strongest or the biggest strength that I, I probably have now is my network that comes from relationships that more often than not a face-to-face relationship. So that there is that side of things that I think you have to get stuck into in order to grow. Yeah, no, I think they're great points. I think, you know, something else I had uh, written down was you need determination, not luck. It's not about people say you, you were lucky. You know, you just like kind of bumped into this being an entrepreneur and building businesses and selling them. I'm like, no, <laughs> I was really, really determined. And I kept showing up every day. I kept getting knocked back, standing up, moving forward. And all the time, although it doesn't feel like it often, you are moving forward as an entrepreneur, that you are, through determination, moving the ball forward. There is. There's a study that I saw a while back, and I was really surprised by it. But the the point was, if you're in the bottom 10% of a Harvard class, you feel stupid. And the reality is, you're you're in the top 1% of the country in terms of how smart you are. 
Yeah. yeah, probably more than that. But yeah, thinking about kind of where you are, it's all relative. And actually, there's an argument of being like, for me, I was always like a top middle set at school and probably in the upper tier of the top middle. And in some ways, that gives you a little bit more confidence than actually if you're in the top tier, but yeah. one of the lowest ones, which if I was to be promoted, if you like, then yeah. uh, that's where I would have ended up. And I think, yeah, there, there's all sorts of studies around that, even at like the age you are. So if you're a young person in that year, I know there's the studies from a sporting perspective as well as academic, but again, it's using that to your advantage. But I, I do think one of the elements here is if you're a very smart A-star student, you're used to success. You're used to being the yeah. brightest, the smartest. And I think that can actually be a bit of an awakening when you get chucked into the real world because straight away, you're then the inexperienced person that, yeah, you've got good academic knowledge, but what have you done in the real business world? The way that you thrive is to make mistakes. And like you say, we've always lived together. The thing that I think makes entrepreneurs different is when there's a wall in front of you, an entrepreneur will find a way over it, round it, through it, but there's no hitting that wall and giving up. No, it's just not an option. And again, it's kind of very much, you know where you're going and the plan that you have to get there probably won't work. So, but you'll find another way. And I think that's the thing. It's the mindset of how do you face those battles, learn from it, improve. And I think if all you're used to is success, that can be very hard to say, oh, wait a minute, I failed, as opposed to... That's a great point. I think this can like... (laughs) The um, I hadn't thought of it that way, but you're absolutely spot on, which is if you overachieve at school or at college or university, yeah. wherever it is, and you expect to overachieve in life, when you become an entrepreneur and the day you sit down at your desk, we all do it time and time again, as I have just recently, and you work out what you're going to do and you decide to run something and build something and start something, if it doesn't work immediately and you're used to loads of success, that's a very, very, that can be a very damaging thing to an individual. Whereas because I wasn't a success at school, the opposite, I was in the bottom of the middle set. I wasn't academic at all. I did my qualifications in, in life much later on. I, I'm used to just getting up and starting again. Yeah. I'm used to like, just like getting home and studying and it not really going in and doing more studying because hopefully some of it will stick and I'll, I'll scrape through. Right. And that's my academic kind of career is that I have never massively overperformed academically. And yet as an entrepreneur, I'd like to think I've made some successes. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's the thing. If you're very successful, what's an A grade? Is that like 70%, maybe 75%? I'm happy with 51%. If I'm going to try a load of things, and if I win more than I lose, I'm on the right track. But I'm learning and I'm trying new things and pushing things forward. And actually, I think in hindsight, that's a benefit because I, I can fail. I can fail again. I can then fail again and then win, as opposed to you fail and then I give up. Kevin, on that point, knowing that failure is okay and that you need to keep failing, but there's a point whereby you have to know, actually, we need to change direction fundamentally, or pivot, as they would call it. Again, knowing where that point is. And and that doesn't come from academics. It's definitely a mindset thing of, to me, failure is part of success. It's a necessary part of becoming successful is you will make mistakes, you will fail, and there's nothing you can do about it. But you, well, you, there is something you can do about it. You can learn from it. That is exactly what you can do about it. You can learn from it, definitely. So something else that I kind of worked out, I think we mentioned this the day actually on the call that we're on, was this overnight success. 
you know, someone says, well, you know, you were an overnight success in this. And you go, yeah, I was an overnight success after 10 years of trying. Yeah. <laughs> and and that, just... again, seems to ring true with most entrepreneurs. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's like no one will care about you for the first nine and a half years because why should they? <laughs> and then when the success comes along, you get noticed as if you came out of nowhere. And it's the same whether it's, again, like another sporting analogy, but it's kind of like Lionel Messi came on the scene at Barcelona at the age of, I don't know what he was, 17 or something. And it's like, yeah, because he was playing football since the age of two. <laughs> and and it's like, it's not that he picked up a ball at the age of 16, had a kick around with some friends in the park, and then it's he's pulling on a Barcelona shirt that can't new. <laughs> like, that doesn't work. So, yeah, no, I, I think, and it's the same in the business world, it's that, yeah, you have to go through that shaping of learning, failing. I, I think one of the things I, I flagged is in terms of who you look for as maybe being Britain's most successful entrepreneur, yeah. I would class as Richard Branson. I, and I think that probably, maybe not completely agree with everyone, but a widely shared opinion. And he had dyslexia and was considered almost like a dropout at school, but he had that determination to be different, to try something new. And actually because of that, in many ways, work harder yes. and outwork the competition and be different because he had to be. And I think if you are the A-star student, maybe you don't need to think that way. You've probably got great opportunities as it stands. You probably don't need to think entrepreneurially because the top jobs in the country are more likely to come your way. But yeah, I think using any kind of negative that you might have in that side to flip it in your favour as an advantage, those are the people that can come out winning. And we've definitely seen it. There's hundreds of examples that probably just we could name between us. Absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, if I look at, again at my, my own personal experiences around school and academics, I wasn't an A-star student at all. And I had to put in, you know, long hours and get very, very average grades. But actually what it taught me was I've got a very determined, as you know, a very determined streak. I don't give up. I keep going until I know actually proposition's wrong. We're going to pivot it, change it, adapt it, whatever. But that ability to get up every day I don't get out of bed every day in the morning and go, yippee, it's another day. Fantastic. I'm raring to go. Some days I get up and go, wow, don't really want to do this today, but I don't lie in bed. <laughs> I get up and I get, get my tea and I get my toast and I sit down and I crack on. I like to think at my worst, I can go to bed at night and feel like I've moved something forward that's important. And right. if I've done that, I'm happy. And it's kind of like, I'll have better days, but I've done something that is going in the right direction today. Yeah. And yeah, I, I think that's the thing. It's like, it's just, it's that not giving up and still, yeah, even when you're not feeling your best, just going for it and doing what you, you can do. I'd include rest and recovery within that, actually, if you are switching off. I'd class that as you're moving forward because it's good for you. Yeah. Um, so I don't think it's about working yourself necessarily into the ground, but yeah, I think there's... I think the so I'm, I've got an entrepreneur in my mind. I won't name who she is, but, you know, is active probably, wow, I'd say probably 20 hours, 18 hours a day. Right. Probably only gets six hours sleep. But what she's done is she not only focuses on her businesses, she also focuses on her exercise. And she's become yeah. a, uh, a leader in, I, don't, I think she does triathlons or something. But it's that kind of like, whatever she turns her mind to, she will become a winner at. And her carve-out time for relaxation is becoming a winner at being a triathlon. Now, I don't do that. I sit down and I play with Leo, our son. 
yeah. but she focuses on, I'm not going to work. I'm going to focus on being a triathlon as my kind of get away from it all. Yeah, no, no, I think that makes sense. I think there's common things. That, certainly if you're of the competitive mindset, which I'm not so much, I'm more competitive with myself but I think yeah. in terms of if you have a competitive nature so certainly a sales background I think those are the people that probably when they switch off need something else as a challenge outside yeah. of that one thing I want to touch upon that I see as being almost a flip side of this is the imposter syndrome that quite a lot of people have and I, I think that can get taken too far and I get where it comes from it's kind of certainly when you come from a background if you're not used to achieving and then maybe people are giving you credit that you feel like I don't know how to take this. Like, like I, I find the same if, like, if people are saying things positive about me, it's just like, okay, next subject now, please. But I think it's, it's something that I think can hold people back. And to me, the way through that really is I've always thought of myself and even today as I'm making it up as I go along and there's experiences that I can now call upon. And when I'm seeing something that's happened before, I can learn from that experience, but there'll be new things that I'm making up to go along. I might ask you for advice. I might ask other people, but I'll figure it out. And I think that's the entrepreneur mindset. But to me, the big shift came in. I realized when I'm having meetings with other people, it's just like, sometimes they don't have a clue either. And (laughs) it's like, we're all making it up as we go along. Everyone's faking it a little bit to a certain extent. And to me, that was actually quite empowering of, wait a minute, I'm not the only one that thinks I'm out of my depth here. If I'm not the only one and everyone else is getting on with it, if they can do it, why can't I? I think just flipping it the other way around turns that into something that just feels a lot more achievable and ambitious. And it breaks down, I'm trying to think of the right word for this, but it could almost, the imposter syndrome can almost freeze you a little bit in the sense of, oh, I, I don't feel like I'm good enough and I'm not going to like try. And I, I think maybe that's a bit harsh, I don't know, but I think The other way to look at it is, I think in many of those cases, that person could achieve so much more. There's there's a Navy SEAL that's very popular called, or ex-Navy SEAL, called David Goggins. Yes, yeah. And he says, when you've reached 40%, or when you feel like giving up, you've reached 40% of what you're capable of, just push on through. And I think, again, elite athletes, they do push down that barrier. They, They get to the point where they want to stop. And there's a switch in their head that says, I'm going to ignore this and I'm going to carry on through as much as you can. I think from an entrepreneurial perspective, it's a similar thing. Of You need that belief in what you're doing to break down those barriers and go for it. Yeah. I mean, I want to come back to a point you made at the beginning of this kind of section. When we were, if I go back to my days at KPMG, which I, you know I often reference because it was a great place to be and I learned so much from brilliant people. We used to recruit people. One of the criteria was you have to be able to deal with ambiguity. And the way that we used to kind of like work out can you or can't you is you, you give people puzzles that you couldn't possibly, there's no, there's, no, there's no world known answer for, but you look at how they approach the problem. And entrepreneurship is very similar, is that you and me all face a problem, a challenge that neither of us have looked at before, but our collective experience together will come up with, well, this might work, let's try this. And you build experiments as an entrepreneur you take the ambiguous, you sit with someone off that I do, and, and you work out what might work. You build an experiment, and then you try it out. But you limit the risk of that experiment going wrong. And I think we do that a lot. I think we're doing it right now. Yeah. <laughs> we're doing it right now. We're doing it right that, now. That's how you start a podcast. That's how you start anything. And yeah. like, to me, 
starting an agency I never started an agency I went on a year's holiday to Australia and I completely took the pressure off where yeah. if I come back I haven't wasted a year I've traveled in Australia but actually I came back and I had the basis of starting an agency at the end of it but but you'd never started one ever before no and I, I didn't even know I was until I was maybe a year 18 months into the journey because it's what's the next step at that okay. stage and it's how do I try something and let's see where this takes me and I think as we've said quite a lot during the whole lockdown it, it's probably much more about just enjoy the journey let's see where it takes you yeah and when you I think again are kind of open-minded to let's try this I don't know if it's going to work I hope it does but I'm going to give it a go and that quite often I think when you take that pressure off yeah I feel like that's where the best things come from and I do think that if you put too much pressure on, this has to be the next big thing and this has to work, it's unfair and you'll end up worrying too much and probably not getting there. Or even if you do, you'll you feel like, oh, I could have done better. You know, one thing that you, you rang me on Thursday, Wednesday, Thursday, with a win. Yeah. And we've been talking about it for three months, probably three, four months, but we were never relying on it. But a win right. came through. Yeah. based upon four months of really hard work by you and the team, yeah. and a little bit of input from me, and it came through and we won. Yeah. And that was a brilliant way of like celebrating something that we never expected to happen. We didn't rely on it happening, but you'd run effectively some mental experiments around repositioning some stuff, and it worked really well. It did. And I, I think, again, this is a complete tangent and maybe a different episode, but around kind of that whole, as opposed to instant gratification, it's a delayed gratification of we won this week but we did the work in November correct so it was nothing about anything that we did this week or even this year it was about putting the work in and then trusting that process and what we've done and it paying off in the medium term as opposed to short term yeah so we're running towards the end of our time so in terms of summary I'll just give you my kind of like my headline thoughts on yeah. what I think I've picked up from this and hopefully our, our audience has as well. So, you know, first of all, I think, you know, qualifications can be a great start, but they're not a golden ticket to success. Yeah. Secondly, you know, there are some topics where academics uh, and academic rigor can be a big advantage. For example, finance. If you've not studied finance, then as you said at the beginning, you know, don't assume that you don't need any qualifications because actually if you try and run P&R balance sheet cash flow, and you don't understand what they are, that's probably a bad place to be. So yes. academics absolutely have their place and are important, but won't give you the golden ticket. Determination, focus, and keep showing up. And then my last one that you picked up was lifelong learning. You've yes. got to be a lifelong learner. And I think we both absolutely share that in common. What are your takeaways? To be honest, I feel like you've covered a lot with that. I think the um, absolutely not against schooling, university whatsoever. I'd rather have good grades than bad grades. But yes. if you're going to have bad grades, try and flip it into a positive and make the most of it. And, and that's definitely the way that I would look at that from. So try your hardest if you're listening to this and you're at school, college, university, but don't give up. Or don't feel kind of like a failure if you haven't succeeded, because that's just really the start of your life and your, your career is still yet to begin. So a bad um, grade doesn't mean you're a bad person. A bad no, not at all. means that something may not be for you, but what can you learn from it? Absolutely. I think that's fair. And there was another point I was going to add, but I think, yeah, to be honest, it's mindset, it's growth mindset. So you mentioned finance. 
one of my biggest learnings over the last 18 months is to become financially literate with the business. And I think you would be the first one to say that I wouldn't really care about finances in the past. And right now I I feel much more on the ball with stuff like that because I've had that growth mindset of, okay, this is crucially important to running a business. And if I know my way around the P&L, I'm going to be able to help the business perform much better as opposed to if I didn't have a clue like I didn't kind of 18 months, a couple of years ago. So great example. You know, your understanding now of the P&L, a balance sheet and the cash flow, cash flow in particular, how you each week, each month, keep on eking out a bit more cash, keep on moving the ball forward, keep on focusing on, you know, costs that you can get down, selling the odd bit that work, odd bit of work more. You have been a remarkable story in that regard, I would say, definitely. And that's cut, I'm just working out numbers, that's come 13 years into running a business. Wow. So <laughs> it kind of proves that, again, yeah. it's like a, the fixed mindset would say, oh, I'm, I'm no good at finance, I've run a business for this long and I've never needed to worry about it. The growth mindset is, I'm going to actually try and understand this because I need to, and if I get better at this, I'm better at my job and the company is better for it. So yeah, I, I think that's the thing, it's more of um, entrepreneurial mindset and, and I've said before entrepreneur isn't a job title it is a mindset in terms of just the the way that you think and try to face those battles and overcome them and that's a great way to end it Kevin thank you been great great thanks mate thanks, thanks.